Hey, it's us, Amanda and Megan. Glad you're here. Grab your juice box. Let's dive right in. Hey, we're back in the studio. Welcome. We're so excited. Oh, welcome, welcome. (laughs) It's beautiful. It's you know, I love when you sing. Okay. Hi, friends. We are back in the studio. So excited because we are talking today about big families. Supposedly, Amanda and I both qualify for big family status since we each have four kids. Do we? I don't like, why do you say that? I don't, why do we say that? Maybe by like East Coast standard, we have big families, but Mm. by West Coast standard, I think we're actually just getting started. What there is no question about today though, is that our lovely guests very much qualify for big family status and absolutely rock it. Wait, we should ask them if they qualify. Do you feel that you qualify for big family status? Before we even introduce you guys, Mystery Voices, do you qualify as in the big family status section. You know what the funniest thing is? What? I see people with as many kids as I have, and I think, wow, they have a lot of kids. I do that too. <laughs> oh, and stars. then I count them and I'm like, oh, they have one less than me. <laughs> <laughs> or they have the same. Or that's only five. Wow, that's what five looks like. I mean, it's always very entertaining to count somebody else's kids and realize that your perceptions are like totally messed up. <laughs> I totally do that. <laughs> I know, right? Amazing. This is so insightful. That's and we great. haven't even introduced them yet. <laughs> I cannot wait to learn all the things tonight. Okay. Chatting with us tonight are Aaron and Elise, master mothers and truthfully incredible examples for me personally. And Amy. <laughs> in our collective mothering lives. We are beyond thrilled to be in your presence. We want you to tell us who you are because we know who you are. We love you, but we need our listeners to also know who you are and love you the same. So before you became a wife and a mother, presumably you were just a woman, a woman living your lives with interests and hobbies, perhaps. So we would like you to just tell us who you are. Erin, let's start with you. Tell us about you, Erin, the woman. My goodness, she was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Prior to getting married, I got married at the age of 27. That's a good age. I think that's like average America age. That's good. Probably. Prior to getting married, I had, um, I had, I got my bachelor's degree. I got a master's degree. I went to work for the state of California for a year and, uh, you know, lived the high life there in Sacramento and was a gym rat. And those were. That sounds fun. That was my life, and I liked to travel around and take people to visit the Bay Area. Anytime I came to visit, that was that was fun, and that's what I did prior to prior to getting married and quickly having kids. <laughs> awesome! That sounds delightful. It was. And Elise, tell us about you, the woman. The woman. Um, I don't know. I quickly jumped into everything. My I did school, and I played volleyball, and. After I did school in volleyball and got into dental school, I met my husband and we shortly had kids after we got married. So it was a lot of school and I got married at 23. I got married after my first year of dental school. Okay. But I did have my first baby nine months later. So (gasps) So you were doing school while you were in dental school? So I had my first kid during my second year of dental school. You are kidding me. What a woman. How do you do that? So there wasn't a lot of me, if you will, before then, like I didn't have time to travel when you're doing school, you just don't have time for that kind of adventure. So I did things more like I was into hiking, I was into running. Like I said, I played volleyball, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. And I met my husband and life changed. (laughs) Tell us how you met your husband. I met him during my first year of dental school. We both, I think, one thing that we had in common is we were both super cheap and we were staying in the cheapest apartments at the university of Utah. Cool. And so we were both staying in the same apartment. He happened to know somebody from my apartment building there and he came over and I met him and we actually, um, I did the student rush tickets at the university of Utah and I knew about it because my brother had done it and I invited other people from the apartment complex to come. 
he was the only one who showed up to go <gasps> to the play that one night. That's not a coincidence. So we both went. And when we got there to see the play, I realized I had forgotten my wallet. So not only did he come <laughs> with me, he paid for it. <laughs> so Perfect and I never paid date. him back. So I guess we decided that was our first What date. do you mean you never paid him back? You've paid him back like <laughs> 10, to- 10 million right. times over, Elise. I did not pay him back monetarily That's shortly fine. thereafter the date happened. That's acceptable. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now, before we ask Aaron the same question, how many kids do you have? And tell us, like, it sound, you had your first baby your, uh, in your second year of dental school. Uh-huh. Okay, now go through the timeline of the kids. Okay, so my oldest, who was 16, I had my first year, my second year of dental school. I had twins during my fourth year of dental school about two weeks before I graduated. Um, I then had my next baby, Olivia, 16 months after <laughs> I had my twins. Yeah, my mind is I are we doing the math on this? I'm, I'm, are you doing the math wait I was I'm up to four is that correct is that's that correct four. that's that four. four okay Elise that's four okay that's keep going my four. four in a short amount of time and I had then shortly I had the twins when I was in Omaha we moved to St. Louis actually when I had Olivia my fourth and then two years later I had Reed my son my one and only boy <gasps> Wow. Right in the middle. That's number five. Number five. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to Utah and I had um, Jenna, who's now nine. And then I had Kaylee, who's now six. Um, about a little less than three years later after I had Jenna. And then 17 months after I had Kaylee, I had Maddie and she's my caboose. Mm-hmm. That's seven. No, no, that's, that's eight. eight. You Look at my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can count. Thank you. I can count eight kids. Okay, what a good round number. That's awesome. But wait, you have one, only one boy. I counted right. Only yes. one boy. We got to visit that boy. Okay, but do you love how she was able to name all of their names and their ages and the months apart they are? And I talking to my kids' pediatrician yesterday. Took Don't me ask like birthday. yeah, it took me like <laughs> an hour to remember any of their birthdays or even their ages at that point. So I am so amazed that you were able to just knock that off. But your kids all just turned a new age. Thank you. I think it's a given. That's fair. Thank you. <laughs> what a benefit of the doubt. I like that. Okay, Aaron, your turn. Tell us about how you met your husband and then kid rundown. Okay, so I met my husband in my last semester of my master's degree program. He was starting the program. He happened to walk into the office where I where I worked. I worked for the program that I was in. And um, he walked in. He met the height criteria. He's <laughs> six foot four. Oh, that's so nice. That's it was nice. good. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, tall, dark, handsome. Good. Check, <laughs> check, check. And then um, as soon as he left the office... I went and pulled his file. <laughs> Clever. And, and he met the intelligence criteria as well. So Clever. That is how we met. We actually ended if up. only we all had that sort of information. Like, right? seriously, that's It's amazing. really helpful for weeding. Um, <laughs> but uh, we actually ended up auditing the same dance class, a ballroom dance class, and discovered that we both really, that we both enjoyed ballroom dancing. And so we did that for that semester. And I graduated. And he was just starting, like I said. And. I moved to California to work, and we did the long distance thing for about a year plus, and then we got married. So we got married a year following graduation in the in August, and then uh, our first baby was born a year and a day after we got married. Ruined what your great timing! Forever. Wonderful. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so our oldest, Mari, is 18 years old, and then um, we have a son. David, who's 17, and my daughter, Rachel, is 15. Um, So between Mari and David, it's 18 months. Between David and Rachel, it's two years and like three weeks. Um, Between Rachel and my son, Spencer, they are 20 months apart. Um, He's 13 right now. And then my daughter, Emmy, is 11, and she is two years and two months younger than Spencer. And then between Spencer and, or sorry, between Emmy and Lucy, they are two years and five, six. Okay. It's, like, <laughs> it's between five and six months. They're okay. two years and five plus okay. months apart. Okay. And then my um, 
my young and Lucy is eight years old right now. Okay. And then my youngest is Bonnie, and she is five, and she'll be turning six next week. And she is so she is two years and ten months younger than Lucy. So okay. And we we had a miscarriage between those last two, so there was okay. That's our gap. Okay. But. Yeah, that is seven kids. Yes, correct. Okay, and we were really good. We were going girl, boy, girl, boy, oh. girl, girl, girl. Okay, so. okay. Well, the world needs more girls. We know that, and it's up to you two to make that happen. So, way to go, guys. We've done our share. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I did have a question that I before we move on to the next segment. Did you and your husbands talk beforehand about wanting to have? more than three kids. I think like the average American has between two to three kids. I don't know that statistic. Let's not dive into it. So <laughs> did you talk beforehand about having big families? Like how did that conversation go for both of you? So I know that Trevor and I talked about it. Um, I don't think we decided on a particular number. We both knew that we, so Trevor and I both come from families of five kids each. Um, actually, I mean, I have, I have, there are six in my family, but we lost a sibling um, shortly after she was born. So I grew up with five, okay. with five in our family, and he grew up with five in his family. So we had talked about it, and we both kind of said we wanted about the same. We wanted like five kids. Or I had always had in my mind that I wanted between five and seven kids. Okay. And that's, I don't know where that all came from, but that's what I've always said between five and seven. Okay. So, and apparently I, maxed out and hit the seven <laughs> okay okay what about you Elise um I think the same thing with having grown up with five kids in my family that I thought my family was perfect in my own eyes and so I kind of wanted to replicate that and so I thought five was the great number and my husband thought four was a good number but he seemed like he was he was fine if I wanted five like that didn't seem to bother him but he came from a family of four and I think it was just it worked for their family and so a number around there was good. And so I thought five sounded good just because it was, it worked for our family growing up. But you're over the five. Limit. <laughs> I am over I the five. <laughs> I am over the five. So we didn't decide that we wanted more until, and I'll be honest, actually, when I, after I had my twins, I went through a really rough spell. We moved to St. Louis when they were just a couple of months old yeah. and it was super hard to be in a place where I knew nobody. I had just graduated. So I was home with kids all day. And oh. the fact that I went from a part-time mother of one to a full-time mother of three yeah. threw me for a major loop. And so I went through a major bout of honestly depression and sure. didn't know how to cope and handle. And sure. I remember when the twins were, it was, it was right before we got pregnant with Olivia. I just all of a sudden knew we were going that we were supposed to have more kids than I had thought mm. and that we were supposed to have a bigger family. And what that number was, I wasn't sure, but I knew it was more than five. Interesting. Wow. To hear that thought process is <laughs> so interesting. Um, I have another question. <laughs> were you were you like nervous to have because both of you had this feeling that you needed to have multiple kids more than five did that make you nervous or because it was coming from you know your heart you're like oh no it's gonna be fine but like did the idea of having more than five kids make you nervous at the time no um I think for me I grew up so my best friend growing up was from a family of seven kids and then um we had another group of friends um another family of friends they I think they had they have five and then we had five or six um so I just kind of felt like it was kind of normal for what I knew I mean it was normal for who how I'd grown up so it didn't seem not doable mm. so having watched other families I felt like it was a doable thing it didn't seem like yeah over I like that so yeah would you agree <clears throat> so I would say when I first started feeling like we were going to have more than I originally had thought after I'd had the twins and I was going through craziness. I, that was a little, it took me a minute to wrap my head around it, but um, honestly, after my fourth baby was born, she was the easiest baby ever. And not only that, but 
I had always wanted to be a mom. Of anything in the world, being a mom was superior to me than any dream or goal I could possibly have. And so the thoughts of having lots of babies and lots of kids just made me happy. My ovaries are actually on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. Great. I was just thinking if we get out of here without wanting more kids, oh, man, it's going to be a miracle. Just have them. They're bad. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> okay. So all the kids are here. Now we have to ask the question. What's your home like? And we'll get into the nitty gritty, but just to paint a picture for our listeners, tell us about your living arrangements. Where do you live and why? And details on the bathroom situation. We're very curious. Okay, I'll I'll go ahead and start. Um, So we live in a small town. Um, There's, it's, uh, it's, it's a small town. Um, we live, so it's very much kind of in the country, although we do have immediate neighbors and uh, we have a, our house, and I'll give you the square footage even, um, my house is, uh, technically speaking, at least according to my understanding, is 3,200 square feet. It's 1,600 square feet on the top, on the main level, and then 1,600 square feet in the, in the basement. Some people, at least according to the utility company, they say it's only 1,600 square feet because they don't count my basement. So but I consider it part of my house because we live in it. And so it's... I'm not following along, 3,200. That's, 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 no offense, not a mansion. It's not. <laughs> I know. On earth? Wow. In, in fact, okay, so. a lot of people, um, when they see my house, they're like, oh, wow, I thought you would have lived in something bigger. <laughs> but it works for you. So walk, it does for, so it does for a few reasons. And okay, I'll, yeah, walk and us I'll, through that. Um, so my house has, um, we have a main floor master and it has an attached bath you know, ensuite and everything. And then we have three bedrooms downstairs and a bathroom downstairs. And we have a half bathroom also on the main floor. So we have two and a half baths, but only one downstairs in the basement where all the kids are. Um, We have had to, we've done some remodeling to rearrange. We haven't actually expanded the square footage of the house at all, but we did some remodeling to kind of get a little more space in the kitchen, for example, um, to kind of open it up. Um, We also moved our laundry room. We used to have one. So, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about laundry at some point uh, because it it really is an issue when you have (laughs) seven kids. But um, we uh, had one of those walk through. So you would walk from your um, garage through the laundry room to get to the rest of the right to get into your house. Okay. Yeah. And so with that kind of a situation, you're just walking across laundry, at least for me. Some people are much more. They are much more organized. I'm not. Uh, let's be real. This is, we're humans. Yeah, so, that's normal. I'm ultra human. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am ultra human. <laughs> there was always a pile of laundry to walk over. And, you know, after a few kids, and we decided also that we needed more, more laundry facilities. So we actually moved that downstairs to, um, there was kind of a little office storage area that we changed into a laundry room. So that's our house. Um, it's not super big. But um, a couple of things, I don't like cleaning. And so the smaller it is, the less I have to clean. That's right. And I also um, have a belief that my kids should share rooms. And so um, they all share. And I love that. The bathroom situation is a little bit tough. We had an incident this morning. Oh, pray tell. We love incidents. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> well, maybe. Oh, well, it's it was, so my kids don't typically get up all at the same time, which is great because, but when they do, there tends to be an argument about the bathroom. And so one child was arguing at the other ch- with the other child. And because they're all sharing the same bathroom, one was opining about the fact that the other one needed to brush their teeth. And anyway, they were having excessively loud words that we heard all the way upstairs. Oh, so that's a very kind way to put it. <laughs> that's very nice. Bickering in the bathroom over somebody needing to brush their teeth. Bickering but, in the bathroom. Right. But if they hadn't had to share that bathroom, there wouldn't have been any bickering. Yeah. So all do all seven of your kids share the basement bathroom or do they do some come upstairs to brush their teeth or they all share the basement? Well, actually my bathroom has become Grand Central Station. I guess, yes. So typically my littlest, my two littlest, sometimes my three youngest will shower and bathe upstairs in my bathroom. Uh, most of the girls do their hair in my bathroom. Uh, 
brushing of teeth kind of gets divvied out amongst all three bathrooms. You know, I will always find a random toothbrush in the half bath, um, that kind of thing. So it would be really great to, it would be really great to um, add on and put another bathroom in, but you know, pipe dreams. <laughs> well, I've heard that outhouses are fairly easy to just like <laughs> put like forklift them not even forklift what's that thing called the the, the thing that's the thing that they sell at Lowe's I don't know you could just put one in your backyard right you really could boy well, it makes me wonder though you know what about a honey bucket what about a honey bucket it might be cheaper than the addition the, I think and you're somebody right somebody else comes and takes it away and okay listen it. listen to us we I have think just this has a, I think this has an option I think this is I think, I think this, this has potential yeah, yes potential I think we've toy. actually come up with something here <laughs> I'm gonna put one in my yard just so I don't have to clean up my nah I'm not gonna put that road. it's actually really gross okay Elise what what is your living situation like? So we actually live in my childhood home that my family built. Um, but when we moved into it, um, we moved into it with the intention of remodeling and kind of making it what our family needed to be. So when my parents built it, the bottom, um, the basement is actually its own apartment area. And my mother lives in our basement, and which is fabulous for us because when I work, she watches my kids and helps out when we go places and all sorts of things. So her living there is fantastic. Mother, mother, are you listening to this right now? <laughs> because I would love my mother to move in also. Thank you. Okay, continue. Is your father there? Do you have a nanny? Do you have a butler? Who else lives there? <laughs> okay. After that, it's just my family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Um, on the main floor, we put in... Well, when we remodeled it, we put in another bedroom on the main floor because when we were living in it, just my family, we occupied all three levels. But with my mother living there, we get the upper two levels and she has the bottom level. So, and we had five kids growing up and I have eight kids. So we needed another bedroom. So on the main floor, we added a bedroom with a bathroom attached that whenever we have guests come, those kids get kicked out to go somewhere else so that the guests can have that bathroom. And then we have um, another half bath and on that level, we have our laundry room on the main level, um, an office, kitchen, family room. That's all on the main level there. And then the upstairs level is just bedrooms and two bathrooms. So we have our master suite with a bathroom. And then I have three bedrooms upstairs and my three youngest all share a room and my twins share a room. My son gets his only room. There's got to be some perk to being the only boy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that does seem fair. Yeah. And luckily, you know, as far as the bathroom situation goes, my oldest and um, my fourth oldest share a room with that bathroom there and their schedules are enough different that they don't, for the most part, have too many problems. Occasionally, the oldest will get after the younger one for maybe getting into her stuff. But for the most part, things are pretty good there. Um, my son actually luckily in the mornings gets up first thing and moves really well. So he usually showers quick and then, um, my twins shower at night. And so once my son gets out, the twins can get ready in the bathroom and my three youngest girls, my one daughter will shower in the bathroom there. Um, and she leaves for school an hour later than my son. So she can shower after he goes. And my two youngest usually bathe in my bathtub in my bathroom. So Actually, we don't have too many bathroom squabbles at our house. They have figured this out. I am. <laughs> the more kids you have, the less fighting over the bathroom. How is that logical? But it actually is logical. I don't understand, Megan. I am. My mind is blown. So can you tell us each like what a typical day is like in your home? What time do you what time does the day start? Tell us about how, what does it look like? Like a like a school day, like a school day. A school day. Okay. I will go through a non-working school day because on my working school days I'm out not as a part of things where I only work part-time, but my husband and I usually get up between 5:15 and 5:30 and we like to work out before we get the kids up. Um but usually we get about halfway through our workout when we need to stop and go wake up our older kids. And luckily, they're big enough that they can get themselves ready once we work out. And so we can keep working out. And then as we're getting closer to time to go, we finish our workout and wake up our younger ones. And we have um, family time in the morning. And then we send off our older kids and get the younger ones Wait, ready. what do you mean family time? What do you mean? What are you doing? We have our scripture study. What? 
In the morning? In the morning. That's a, what time are you Because we have the 15 that? minute overlap time. So I get right now, I'll be, we've got construction going on on our road and our kids have to leave 15 minutes early. So okay. that hasn't happened so much the but last that, okay, let's, weeks. But, <clears throat> but before that going? though, we would at 645, we'd get up our younger kids and then we'd do scripture study from 645 to 7. And then my older kids would go off to school and then we get the younger ones ready and get them off to school. I've just got so many things I need to rock. (laughs) Taking notes. Continue. And then I have my youngest at home and she sometimes would have dance class or um, preschool in the afternoon. But once the kids get home from school, there might be a tiny bit of time for someone to practice piano for a minute. But we have karate and tumbling. So pretty much as soon as they get home, we're running back and forth to activities until... 7 30 8 o'clock at night and then we're doing dinner and homework and baths for the next day and trying to get everybody off to bed what time do you go to bed a lot of most nights between 10 and 11 sometimes okay that doesn't seem too late worse, but that doesn't seem too late better it just depends <laughs> what is that i feel like that seems reasonable i go to bed between 10 and 11 do you yeah, but I don't wake up at 5.30, Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> that is amazing. It seems like you really have it figured out. I love that. Well, I mean, what other On options do you days. have? You have to have it On figured some out. some days, right? Like some well, days sure. are more organized and figured out than sure. others. On an, on an ideal day, that's how they go. That sounds awesome. Okay. Erin, what about you? So most days we wake up at, I well, I set I set three different alarms. So my first alarm is at six o'clock and that's when I wake up my daughter, Rachel. She's the first one usually to get up and um, she'll get ready then usually at about 640. And this has changed just slightly in the last few weeks because we have had this major construction going on in our area. And so we it's causing extra time for travel. So, um, but typically at 6.40, then I will wake up um, Spencer and Emmy, my middle schoolers. So Rachel's in high school. Um, Spencer and Emmy are middle schoolers. Uh, So I'll get them up and Rachel leaves the house about 10 minutes after they wake up. So the staggering is really what makes it doable. Um, So then they get up and they get all ready and they leave for school at 7.50, I think think was when they would leave and then um but at about 7 20 was when I would wake up my two youngest and they don't leave for school until um about 8 o'clock um actually we should leave earlier but <laughs> so we should be leaving at eight o'clock it's not um, a perfect world Erin nope it's, fine. it's not <laughs> so um so we kind of it staggers and they all get out the door and then um, I drive my two little girls. Um, they go to a private school in about 25 minutes away. So we drive to there. I drop them off, come home. Um, because my youngest went to kindergarten this year, when my oldest went to college, I now have a little more free time during the day. But wait, let's get real. Is it really free time? It's like when someone says to a stay-at-home mom, oh, my goodness, you must have so much free time. It's like, what do you, what, what do you think well, I'm doing all day? This is what the do thing. you do? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. I've decided in my life that we all get to choose what we do. <laughs> and Okay, those are wise words. You you yeah. really can. Everyone write that down. If you want to sit there and read a book all day long, as long as your husband is not working from home, it's totally fine. Do it. Except Enjoy it. Isn't your husband working from home right now? I know. It's put a real <laughs> cramp in my style. But, <laughs> so, but you know, when he, when he leaves and goes someplace else, I'll sit down. <laughs> I do try to appear productive while he's, but you know what? The funny thing is, you know, if I, I do, I will admit to having systems that I work to make sure that certain things look a certain way at certain times. So that I appear to have been productive. Yeah, preach, sister. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I don't know what else I'm doing. I'm just moving stuff around the house with a rag in my hand. <laughs> so anyway, um, but I really, I should do more laundry. I don't. Um, well, we're going to talk. I was about to ask a laundry question, but I think we have a laundry question coming up. So I'm going to hold it. Okay. So anyway, um, but for the rest of the day, I do try to. I try to make sure that I've exercised because that's important to me. Um, I exercise. 
I usually try and get some dishes done or do something or throw some laundry in or, but I also do a lot of running around for kids. Um, yeah, for definitely. Things. We've had forgotten homework. I'm not that mom. Oh, I, way to go. I, I really am kind of like, Way to go. I'm super sorry. I guess you'll turn it in tomorrow and well, that, beg for forgiveness. Well, that's me right? too. I was just saying that to make the rest of us feel good and look no. good. No, I don't do that no. either. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. You know, you have to take somebody to the orthodontist. You have to go um, just all sorts of different stuff. You have to go run an errand or you realize you're out of milk and you really have to go stop at a grocery store and or whatever. So different things anyway and then um usually around 2 40 in the afternoon or 2 45 is when I leave to go pick up my girls so traveling to their private school actually takes about two hours out of my day um it's 50 minutes on each side so that that kind of I think um ebbs into things into the time and then once once they get home all of my other kids have already gotten home from school and we start the we also do karate and tumbling and um, music lessons, piano lessons, and things like that. So they they just get started on that. And usually, we're usually not done until about eight o'clock at night. And we usually have dinner between eight and nine. And then what time are you retiring for the night? Because now I'm like <laughs> nine o'clock. I know. I've got my sweats on. I am. Well, I'd rather be in bed. But Well, um, yeah, for sure. But then what time are you going to bed? Do so you have to put kids to bed still? Or are they pretty good at like putting themselves to bed? I expect everybody to put themselves to bed except for my two youngest. But the really great thing about having a lot of older kids is that I, and <laughs> this is going to sound so lazy. You guys are getting the real. Um, so because their rooms are downstairs and I don't want to go down there, <laughs> I'm just like, Rachel, take your two little sisters and put them in bed. And she takes them and puts them in bed. She's the other mother. We call her the other mother. So I think that's awesome. it's very I handy. think that's awesome. I think that's very so, sweet. So we are going to bed. My kids usually are in bed between nine and ten. My husband and I usually go to bed between ten and eleven. Our seventeen-year-old son is always, almost always, up until midnight. Like everything is due by midnight. So in high school, I I found out, and in college, um, and he's done a lot of early college, and so everything is due at midnight. So that's when he goes to bed is at midnight. It, like almost on the dot. He's like, everything's in, it's midnight, time to go to bed. And usually that's when I actually fall asleep because finally the lights are all out. So that's wow. our day. Wow. That is amazing. Are you kind of exhausted just thinking about it? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just wildly impressed. There's only, you know, when you have families like this, you have to be organized. You have to have plans. And it seems like you two have figured that out. And I, I don't know. I'm very impressed. Right. Tens across the board on execution. <laughs> totally. Okay. Now, now I was, so I, I don't know. When I was pregnant with my second kid, I remember thinking, how on earth am I going to love this second kid? Like I love my first kid, right? So, and I actually know people, I know women who have only had one kid before with the idea that they're fearful that they won't have love for like kids going forward. So I don't know. I just want to ask you guys, how do you, how do you find time to connect with each one of your kids? Cause I do believe that as we add to our family, our capacity to love grows. I really feel that way. And I know that cause somehow I do love all four of my children. So like, what's that like for you? How do you find time for each one of your kids so they all feel connected and loved and all those things. You know, some people do the the mommy daughter, you know, the little dates with their kids and they take one each week and it, it'd be seven weeks before some other, you know, you got to that kid again. So um, some of the things we've done, and I can't say we've been like super purposeful or, um, or, or really organized about it, but, but you know what? I think that's okay. Give us the real, like, for the rest of us who can't plan awesome dates with each one of our kids, what are you doing? Like, what's your, so what do you some really of the do? things that we have done, and I would consider them pretty awesome because I had a really fun time doing them. So, um, when my girls have turned nine, we have taken them on a trip. So my oldest Mari and I went to Boston to visit my sister and tour around. And that was really fun. And she, I think she really enjoyed that. My um, second daughter, Rachel, we ended up going to Chicago with her cousins and just kind of had a girl's trip that way with them. That was fun. Um, we have an Emmy because of COVID. 
we didn't haven't done her trip yet. But the fun thing is to actually part of it's just listening to her. We talk about her trip all the time. We talk about what she's going to do and where she wants to go. And she wants to invite her cousin Olivia to come with her. And so she's super excited about her trip. When it will happen, I actually couldn't tell you. Um, so that's kind of some of the things we've done. We have we've tried to do. My husband often goes um, with his brothers uh, snowmobiling or motorcycle riding or, you know, side by sides or whatever. And he'll usually take one of our boys with him. So um, the, and then, you know, when he's at whenever he's working in the garage on his motorcycles or is or whatever he is, he always has the boys right there with him. And even some and my little girls, they love to go out and hang out with dad when he's tinkering in the garage. And um, and then my girls also um, my girls love to go shopping. So we, you know, if I say Old Navy or Target, they're on board and we go. And so, and we're horrible. We, we give our kids a lot of treats. We'll be like, oh, you came with us. Let's get a treat. <laughs> is so, that horrible? Is that, is that I, horrible? I mean, am I, I don't know. It's a lot should, of Is that something food. I should reevaluate here? <laughs> Probably not. I think okay. it works. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> I really think it works. So far we don't have diabetes, so but, I'm fine with it. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it is a lot of junk food. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I should be feeding you better. Oh, well. <laughs> so um, those are the, I think those are the things we do. Um, we spend a lot of time together as a family. It's, I feel. I sometimes feel bad for my kids. I don't think they have a lot of friends outside of our family, um, but they spend. We spend a lot of time, not only as an immediate family, but we also spend a lot of time with our extended family, and those are our friends. Those are the people who we hang out with. Those are the people we do things with, and um, so we spend a lot of time together as a family. And sometimes, you know, um, I will tell you, I recently had a <laughs> was supposed to be going on a birthday slash anniversary trip um but my son he'd been having some hard times just right before we were going to go on this trip pretty good meltdown we uh, <laughs> used sky miles bought him a ticket and he came with us on our trip <laughs> so he got 10 days of mom and dad in hawaii <laughs> so you know and i think you know being adaptable and knowing when your kids need time i'm not going to say i can i can guarantee that my kids are always going to get the same amount of time they aren't. Well, yeah, you can't. No. And, you know, some people are like, well, we always take every kid out for two hour activity, you know, once a week for, I'm like, that's great for you. I'm glad that works. <laughs> it doesn't work for us. Um, but I think it's being aware of what your kids need. And then when they do, you got to make sure you do it. So we're hoping we do it. <laughs> no, I think you're doing a good job. What do you think, Elise? Does that resonate with you? Do you guys do anything similar or different? Oh, I would say it's very similar. Um, and even as Aaron had said, you know, spending a lot of time together. Um, when I was in St. Louis, someone referred to our family and their family as a party in a box, that their house was just, you already had a party already there. And so you didn't have to bring in extra people to have fun times going on because there's always fun times going on when you have that many people. So we do do a lot of things together as a family. And then um, similarly, you know, to do one-on-one -on -one time, we tried doing the, the mommy, daughter, mommy, son dates, and it did not work because we could never find the time. And then we'd get out of rhythm and, you know, five months later, when is my date coming? And so instead of doing that, even when I just have errands to run that are grocery shopping or, you know, anything, I'll ask if someone wants to come. And strangely enough, there's always somebody who wants to come and, as Aaron said, we usually buy them a treat. Sometimes if we're going to Target, they'll end up with a shirt or something fun. And then we can call those our outings. My daughter and I one time went to Smith's and we were laughing. We got our, our little mochi treats. And when we went to go pay, the guy looked at us and he goes, do either of you have a, a fresh, um, what are they called? Fresh the, values card. A fresh values card. <laughs> and we both just looked at each other and laughed our heads off the fact that they didn't know who to ask. I'm like, they think we're college buddies. Like we're out just having fun. So, so just That's those so kind cute. of things just make for fun, fun moments together. So we just try and take advantage of little things here and there. And my kids, now that they're older, you know, my daughter has plays club volleyball. I have two daughters who do club volleyball. And so when they go out on their trips, we try and make them extra special when we can just to take advantage of the moments we have. 
Yet to hear your perspective is so refreshing because it almost takes the pressure off of, oh, I have to schedule this time with this kid and I have to schedule this time with that kid and, and try to fit it all in, which is so hard, even when you don't have a ton of kids. No, it's too hard. Yeah. And you just make it seem like, wow, that's so attainable and doable and makes such a huge difference in your relationship with your kids. Yes. My kids all look forward to it. They really do. Well, and I like the idea that you're taking them around just to do normal things, right? Like to go on errands. I hear from a lot of people that like the best conversations you have are actually in the car with your kids. Mm -hmm. So to take them on errands, you know, oftentimes like I just want the alone time. But that also could be like prime time to talk to my daughter about what's going on in school or. That's my favorite time to talk to my 17 year old son. Really? Because he's not going to, he doesn't talk to me. He's a very quiet and, you know doesn't say much (laughs) man a a few words um but you know I'll pin him in the car he can't move he can't leave he can't walk out (laughs) he doesn't have his computer in front of him and so yeah that's when I like to so yeah taking advantage of those car times is great I like that I think that's very real and do you find your children when they have time together do they connect or get along in similar ways what are the sibling interactions Please tell me that they like punch and fight like normal kids, but then they also like make potty jokes. Like, are they oh. normal? Is that normal? Actually, are my kids normal? I don't no, think not, it matters how everything. many children you have. Okay. Those are all normal. Okay. All right. Awesome. <laughs> no, we, we definitely have our, well, and now that I have six out of eight kids doing karate, it's funny the comments that I have of, mom, she hammer fisted me, you know, like the comments that come out. It's not just she hit me. Like they will tell you, you know, it was a sidekick. And so we even get like roundhouse kicked me in the. So it's funny how our, our, our terminology has changed over time with our fights that we've had, which make it a little bit entertaining. If I have to put up with it, at least I can enjoy their terminology for it. But so we definitely have the, you know, the fighting and everything that goes on. But then there are other times that I think, Honestly, as much as COVID was as crazy as it was being stuck together in the house, I honestly loved it, which I know goes against what so many people say, but the fact that our lives calmed down, we didn't have all the crazy activities, I wasn't running everywhere, and to watch, I remember I was helping kids with schoolwork and I turned around to see my oldest daughter playing Candyland with my two youngest, and I didn't ask her to. She just did it to do something fun with them. And so to watch them love and care for each other. And there's definitely that side of having the kids too. So there there are major highs with kids and there are major lows with kids. And luckily having both of them makes makes it all bearable to have one without the other would be hard, but we definitely get both. Mm-hmm. I have some kids that get along better with, with each other than other kids. And, you know, there's always some, I have a, it's funny, I have middle children who, they kind of float. You're not, sometimes they're with the little people, sometimes they're with the bigger kids, and sometimes they're just not really, they don't feel like they have a place, and that's when they start to pick at other people. But I have, the one of the things I love about having as many kids as I do is seeing them be each other's friends. And that, like, honestly, it'll tear me up, but um, it is my favorite thing. So my two oldest are 18 months apart, girl and a boy but they have always just been they've had their moments I've heard them yell at each other (laughs) they've they've kicked at each other smacked each other you know but um they are such good friends they really look out for each other they take care of each other um they have both been following the same kind of course of education they're both planning on going to medical school um they've both done their associate's degree and things before finishing high school and it's been so fun to see them work together and for my older daughter to call my son and say, hey, how'd you do on your OCHEM test? How was it? And just to see how much she is invested in seeing him succeed and vice versa. He just went and spent the day with her at her university where she's at today. Um, they were working on a project together and they had lunch together and then he had to leave for work. But that is like serious mom payback. And I don't think it matters even how many kids you have, but when you see those relationships develop. And one of the things I love, I've loved seeing my big kids work with my little kids. Like I said, my son David, who's 17, is a man of few words, but holy cow, he loves little kids and is so good with 
babies and little people and he's just really great with them and he's so good with his little sisters um he gets frustrated occasionally when they get into stuff and you know tear things apart but um but he's really good with them and it's really fun to see that dynamic which you know if all of your kids tend to be in the same age group um you probably don't can't you you won't have the opportunity to see that quite as much now if you have nieces and nephews that are younger I think you can see that still especially with a close extended family so but um, most of the time my kids I think they get along they're very loyal to one another they can they can beat the heck out of each other but nobody else can do that right <laughs> that only anybody else cannot <laughs> don't touch my sister don't bug like my brother that. so yeah. and I like that they look out for each other yeah I mean I, I would you agree Megan I think that there is something very unique in that way about big families I think that the loyalty is so deep. And I, I always really admire that. And I think that's very cool. Absolutely. Okay. Now we've, we've covered ground. We've covered a lot of ground so far, but here's something that both Amanda and I have been dying to know more about. We want to know about the food situation in your homes because <laughs> you've eat. got, you've got <laughs> mouths to feed and you have teenage kids with teenage stomachs. So talk grocery shopping and meals with us. And during the pandemic, Erin, I know you had some feelings about the toilet paper rationing that happened at Costco. And Elise, I would also like your perspective on this, but I'm very curious how the pandemic shopping went for you at Costco especially. But then I would like to dive into a little more about grocery shopping as well. So I will admit to one day sitting in my car, crying my eyes out in Costco's parking lot because I could not get toilet paper. And it was seriously, I mean, at that moment, now I look back on it and I kind of chuckle, but um, at that moment, it was really hard because <laughs> when you have nine people in a house, everybody's using the bathroom <laughs> and everybody's home, right? So now we're not only using what the same amount that we used before, we're using like probably about four times that amount. Yeah. I was creative. I found some other alternatives. Leaves? To like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, um, those, the Perry bottles. Oh, uh, wait, seriously? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Totally. <laughs> no, we didn't actually have to use them, but I bought them as a backup because after that, I was like, who knows how long, I didn't You're know how right. long it was going to go it on. It was unknown. I had yeah. no idea how long it was going to go on. So yeah. on Amazon, I ordered Perry bottles and said, you know, yes. we can, it's like a bidet. Totally. Except totally more portable. Totally. <laughs> wait, a portable bidet? This is really, I never put this together. So, why, anyway. we, why do I have a Perry bottle in my bag? <laughs> <laughs> For cleaning bums. Um, but right. And so, but that was a really frustrating thing because totally. I really felt like, I felt like we were discriminated against as being a big family. Yeah. yeah. And you can't even, it's right? not like you're wearing a t-shirt that says I've got 11 people in my right? home. Like, like no one knows your story, but yeah. you actually do need the toilet paper. You're going to yeah, need that's more hard. when they were rationing things. You're going to need more than what, and Elise should tell you her story. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Oh, I went to the fresh market after, um, after work to go pick up some stuff to make dinner. And the, the time I was feeding, obviously my husband and myself and our eight kids, but my mom lives in the basement. So that pushes our numbers up to 11. And my grandma lived down the road and could not cook or anything for herself. And so my mom would bring her up to eat with her with, with us every night. And so I was feeding 12 people dinner every single night. And I stopped by the store um, after dinner and I was gathering things up. And as I was gathering up, people were posting signs, only two per any item in the store is all you can buy. And I had purchased, I had gotten four um, water paint sets for my little kids to help keep them occupied during all of this. And I had three pounds of hamburger. And the girl came back, she's like, you can't have three pounds of hamburger. That's too many, you're gonna have to put this one back. She's like, I'm gonna have to take this one from you. And she looked at my cart and saw the four watercolor things. She goes, oh, you must have four kids at home. She's like, I'm going to let you have all four because I know you need to entertain them. And this probably isn't that big of a deal. I'll let that slide. And I said, actually, I have eight kids at home, plus my own mother and my grandmother. So there's 12 of us I'm trying to feed dinner for at night. And as she took it away, I, I felt for her, though, because yeah. she had managers watching her, you know, and, and yeah. other customers watching, right? So you sure. can't. And I remember just thinking, 
how am I supposed to make stuff work if I can only buy enough stuff for a family of four when there's three yeah. times of us eating dinner every night? Luckily, this dear girl um, had pity on me. And after I was done, she called, you know, there's the um, station where they kind of, kind of monitor the self-checkouts. And she said, come here, come here. She's like, let me hurry and ring you up for this other pound on oh, the side. She's like, I didn't sweet. want anyone to see. She's like, but I couldn't let you go home without a, that extra pound of hamburger, which just was a tender mercy that day. But it was really stressful thinking of how I was supposed to make this work. And if I was supposed to limit my interactions with people, how I was supposed to do that if I could only pick up enough for a day at a time from my family that just... Anyway, it, it was a crazy, That's a great time. point. That's a great point. I mean, that's something that I, I never thought of. If you could only get a day's worth of food every single time you go to the grocery store, you're there all the time. So you're spending a lot of time in the grocery store. And I, that just takes planning that I don't have the bandwidth for. I've got, you know, you're doing homeschool presumably at this time because you've got right. kids at home. And it's like, I that never even occurred to me. So we were going four and five times a week to pick up food because things were rationed so much. I didn't have enough food to... To get by. Well, you look like you came through it in good good standing. You guys did a good <laughs> job. You survived. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> no. They're laughing at each other. Just <laughs> you survived. Hail and hearty. <laughs> so noted i lost 20 pounds during covid come on because you were giving all of your rations to your children that's right (laughs) okay well so what does meal planning and grocery shopping post pandemic now Mm -hmm. that things are not rationed what does it look like and is there one food item that you are surprised that you go through so quickly so meal planning for me i try to find one day a week where i go through and look up different meals i want to plan i usually just plan my dinners and I keep things on hand for breakfast. Um, And my kids, most of them take leftovers for lunch and actually really enjoy leftovers and fight over the leftovers. Well, I think that says a lot about your cooking. (laughs) All right, I'm coming over. (laughs) No, I'm not sure what it says, but my daughter will even, we've been in the middle of dinner with lasagna and before everybody's done eating, she's scooping up her lunch for the next day. That's awesome. What a compliment. Like, honey, you got to wait until everybody else eats before you take that. We might keep that. But she wanted to make sure she got her lunch. So I do plan my dinners. I always cook more than I need for each dinner. I don't just cook enough for the one dinner. Because I like lunch leftovers and so do my kids. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, on average, how many nights are you cooking dinner? Six to seven. Okay. I'm just curious. That's Not amazing. Me. <laughs> no, what are you doing? No. What are, yeah, what are you doing? Um, Elise is much more organized than I am. Truthfully, she is. And she's so she's got the food thing down better than I do. Um, I'm kind of a, on the whim I wake up in the morning and try to think about what I'd like to have for the day and pick yeah. that up at the grocery store because I'm always passing by a grocery store. I'm driving around so sure. much. So usually I will figure out something either right after I've dropped my girls off at school or right yeah. before I pick them up. And I usually pick up something to make Got for it. dinner then. And so I probably do go to the grocery store about four or five days a week. Okay. Elise, do you meal plan and how often do you meal plan? Like how, how far in advance are you planning your dinners? I meal plan one to two times a week usually. And I just do it for that week. A lot of times I'll do Monday through Friday. And then when the weekend comes, then I'll go grocery shop for the last two days because produce a lot of times doesn't last well. Or if I want chicken and if I don't want to freeze it and thaw it out, because sometimes I'm too lazy to think ahead to thaw oh, it out. Oh, tell me dinner. about it. I've got I've got buttloads of breasts in my freezer, but I never <laughs> thought of them. I'm like, uh-oh, got to go get some more chicken. <laughs> I know. I have way too much chicken and meat in my freezer because I don't think ahead. Yeah. Well, what are some of the, the most often served or planned meals in your house? My one daughter every single time I ask for I usually ask my kids what they want because I hate coming up with meals for the week I can I don't mind cooking them coming up with the ideas is not my thing um so my one daughter loves what we call fabulous chicken some people know it as creamy Italian um, chicken in the crock pot I have had that and it actually is unreal I forgot about that meal I'm gonna make that for you tomorrow Ooh, that is so good she absolutely loves it my kids also love 
um, lasagna or spaghetti or stuffed shells. They ask for that. Every Wait, are you week. are you Italian? Are your children Italian? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, my kids ask for all the Italian dishes. Oh. Whenever I look at stuff, I always want the Mexican dishes. So ah, I'll yes. do the Mexican quinoa. I like taco salad. I um chicken tortilla soup. Like I I tend to Love always it. gravitate towards because it's easier to get a healthier Mexican dish than Italian dish. I agree. So I tend to gravitate more towards the Mexican stuff. So we usually try and sometimes we'll do a sandwich night and a breakfast night and a pasta night and a salad night. So it just kind of depends. Try and shake it up a little bit. Yeah, I always love hearing what other families do just so I can get more ideas. Thank you for planning my next three weeks of meals. Much appreciated. (laughs) Do what we can. And probably the food that we go through the most at this point that doesn't surprise me because I because we're eating it and I know that we need it all the time but we go through insane amount of eggs we Mm. usually have four 18 packs in my fridge at a time because we go through them so so quickly and we don't want to run out (laughs) you know I'm sorry but this just begs the question why don't you own chickens as you know Megan owns chickens we all knew this was coming I could she she set me right up she said it right up here. I think Amanda owns she chickens did. too, right? I own chickens, but Megan also owns chickens. And I want to know why you also don't own chickens. It's Amanda's fault that I own chickens. Credit. There, there are two reasons. One is living in the country, we've always worried about other wildlife killing our chickens. My brother had chickens up in Peterson and they didn't last long. Okay, that's logical. I'll allow that. The, the second reason is a stupid one, but okay. I have major bird phobia. Interesting. I don't do birds. They okay. scare me okay. to death. The swallows when I go run are enough to make oh. me change my oh. route. Oh my, like okay. It's, okay. it's really a thing. So okay, well, okay. I don't do that. So okay. I buy I buy my eggs. You know what? I, I'm. She's exempt. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I have nothing to say. I feel like this is legit. Okay, great. Moving along. Okay, where were we? What were we doing? Here? So, Erin, what are some food items? Is there anything that your kids eat so much of that you are shocked to go through so fast? We eat a ton of cold cereal. So Elise might cook six to seven nights a week. I cook about four. Mm, and That's um, still a lot. I mean, four, four meals, like fresh meals, that's still a lot. So I usually do about four, um, but usually we do a breakfast for dinner. I usually have a, I usually count some kind of Mexican taco night kind of thing. You know, we have a pasta night and we have a, and a super sandwich night kind of thing. But then if my kids are hungry, a lot of times after school, they grab a bowl of cereal. Um, If they think dinner's not happening fast enough, they grab a bowl of cereal. When you don't eat until eight o'clock. Most of them you're have hungry. had another bowl of cereal. Have had a bowl of cereal before that. Um, yeah, so hungry. we go through a lot of cereal and a lot of milk. Awesome. And, yeah, but am I surprised? No. So whether you've got one kid or eight, people love to give unsolicited advice and share their opinions about your family. This has happened to us. It's happened to pretty much anyone with a kid in tow. So you've presumably become very good, you two, at responding to these kinds of people. Yes? What kinds of comments have you received from people for better or for worse? And how have you responded? We, I think the comment that I probably heard the most is, um, and I think Elise could probably say the same, you have your hands full, right? Especially if you're in a grocery store with more than two children attached to your cart. Um, mm-hmm. Although, let me tell you, it's like my favorite thing to do to have all seven of them right there. Just to be like, hee It's <laughs> right? like, like the shock value. <laughs> right? It is. It's so fun to just like watch other people and have them go, do the double take. And go, wow. Oh, and then they count. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um I've I've probably I haven't had I personally haven't had a ton of negative comments per se. I've had that one, you know, oh, you have your hands full. Yes, I do. You well, know? And, and is that how do you respond to that? And most of the time I just smile and say, Yep, but I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way, or but they're the best because my, truly my kids are awesome. My kids are truly amazing and they don't give me grief. They create. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we don't we have perfect days every day, but honestly, I feel like I'm very blessed with the children that I have and that they are just they're good people. And I'm excited to see where what they become. Um, but I did have <laughs> uh, just shortly after I'd had my 
last, yeah, it was after I had Bonnie. Um, we were flying home from my sister's wedding in Boston and there was some guy in the airport and I don't know why it is, but guys say these kinds of things way more than women do. That's because they don't think. I think, well, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I think they just, I think women have more empathy for other women, regardless of how many, you know, it wouldn't matter how many children you have. I think other women would have more empathy, but, um, he was, well, let me think how, what did he say? Look, I can see it in her. I can see her playing it in her mind. And I'm like frustrated for her already. Like <laughs> well, I can see it. I was, my husband had, was in the front. Our kids were between us and then, you know, and they're filing onto the plane. So my husband's in front and then we have, and at that time my oldest would have been 13. And so it looks like a lot of little kids and it's a lot of little people. So I, I mean, I understand what it looks like. It looks like, wow. But I mean, to me, that's more of a wow thing instead of a, but he said something along the lines of, why would you have so many or don't you know how to, or don't you know what causes that or something like that? Oh, <laughs> and when oh. he, and I turned around and I looked at him and I said, that is none of your business. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. I was, yeah, I, yeah. I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I said something to him and I think he was like shocked that I said something in room. <laughs> Can we also talk about what poor timing it is for someone to make any sort of comment to a mother about her children as you are returning from a trip, any, <laughs> like in an airport? It is the worst timing. And that man just stepped right in it. Yeah. Well, like there's a lot here. To, like, why would you say something as you're all getting onto the plane? Like, I'm going to spend the next four hours with you and you can bet your bottom. I'm going to like glare at you and maybe like throw some Cheerios at the back of your head for the next four hours. Like, Or not quiet my screaming baby. Say, that's right. Right. That's right. That's or right. let my toddler run up and down that's the aisle right. and, you know, bump your elbow. Yes. Every time. Yes. I'm not going to let you sleep. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. But I'm also proud, Erin, because you said something like you said what you responded right away. I feel like sometimes if someone says something to me that is intended to be snarky I'm always so caught off guard that I just like brush it off or I pretend to ignore them or I pretend not here and then it's not until I'm in the car when I think right. of the best rebuttal <laughs> the I'm like oh, I come back. oh I'm coming oh I'm coming for you but you said it right then and there and I wish that more often I was like you know what that's that's not appropriate to say that's not kind and you should keep that to yourself so I think that's very I cool probably that you wasn't did that. that eloquent but I did say I don't something. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you if you said if you swear words you got your point across doesn't matter okay what I mean what do you say to that Elise because people say all the time you must it looks like you have your hands full so to that comment I do always say I do and I absolutely love it I, yeah just because I want them to know first of all if my kids are there I want my kids to know that this is what I want. This is, and I don't want them to ever feel like less than anything more than, you know, the most important thing in the world. Um, but also I want other people to know that I had eight kids because it was a choice. Nobody forced them on me. This was my choice. I, I chose to have each and every one of them and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, when it comes to some of the other rude comments, I, I'm one of the kind of fumbles too and and yeah and I've had enough said to me that I keep thinking you know one of these days like I'm gonna really just I should have something ready and I don't now my husband on the other hand you know you know how to stop then he's like yeah but it's too much fun to not to like <laughs> right like and I'm always like oh I don't know if I'm proud of him or embarrassed you know but we're gonna go with it or you know you know how to stop that no but could you explain it to me you know and then the other person gets around and and I've heard these comments like, oh, that's a good idea. I should, but as soon as they say it, though, my mind gets blank. And occasionally yeah. I've said, you know, excuse me and walked yeah. out. But I usually, I'm not, I'm not quick enough on my feet to come up with something yeah. good. So usually, like I said, if my husband's there, he'll say something snarky back, which, like I said, is either embarrassing for the other person or for me, or maybe a combination for all of us. But I guess I'm glad something said, though, just because people should think before they talk about stuff like that. Totally. No, I, I think that's, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Okay. Well, I think our last question, our concluding question, I hope it's, I hope, I think it's the right one. I feel good about it. What do you wish other people knew about raising big families? What do you want to tell our listeners? Like what, what do you wish people knew? I wish people knew how much fun it is to have a big family. It is so much fun. Um, sure there's a lot of work there's a lot of money <laughs> I mean it, you know all the activities of kids so yes it costs money um but it doesn't have to cost that much money and we do like we do a lot of 
free stuff. We do a lot of hiking. We do a lot of camping, but um, it's so much fun and they are such a blessing. My kids are the very best thing growing up. You're going to make all of us cry. (laughs) No, look, I don't even know your kids and I'm crying. (laughs) Growing up, I had four siblings and they are my best friends. They are the people that I, I know are there no matter how far across the country they might be right now or I'm grateful some of them live really close to me and they are, they are rocked. They are so fun. And it, we always had so much fun together as a family. And I'm, and I'm, I'm experiencing that again with my own kids. Um, it's so much fun to be together. It's so much fun to do things together. And um, it's just such a huge blessing. I think sometimes people think that they're going to, that they wouldn't have enough time for themselves or that they wouldn't have enough money or that they wouldn't have enough. But I prefer to live what I call the law of abundance. And there is always enough and to spare of all of those things, no matter how much of it you have or don't have. There's always enough time. There's always enough money, regardless of how much you have. And if you live with that mentality, um, I think that life's just better. And so and I feel like I have that abundance in my family with a big family. Um, they are my abundance. And yeah, they make me happy. So big blessings. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I think people don't realize the joy that comes from having a big family. Um, my oldest daughter sometimes sees some other um, friends and um, people traveling all the time. To They've been to Hawaii four times and we've never been because to fly 10 people to Hawaii you really have to think and budget for that. And at some point in time, I'd like to do that, but we haven't yet. And, but the thing she doesn't realize though, is the, the happiness I get from raising my family. No trip to Hawaii could ever surpass the joy I get from my kids. And the fact that with eight kids at home, there's never a dull moment. There's never a lack for um, humor in my house. We are always laughing about something. And the fact that there's always somebody who has your back and I don't know the love that we have for each other. It's just, it's amazing. And my dad, you know, when I was young, he used to always say, um, you make my heart sing. And every time he'd say that when I was a kid, I was just, Oh, dad's sappy. Cause he, he was, and I just, I didn't get it. And now I have my kids and I look at them and I honestly feel like my heart could burst through my chest for each and every one of them at different times. And until I had all of my kids, I, I had no idea what he was talking about, but they do. They make my heart sing. And I, I just, I absolutely love having a big family. Do you need a tissue, Amanda? <laughs> I need a tissue. I do. Megan. Oh, man. We got to end right there because I am just a mess. Okay. Oh. Well, Erin and Elise, we love you guys. Thank you for sharing your mom spirits with us. We and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> but we still have so many questions, too, that I I know we just want to know. So we may need to have a repeat of this. If you don't mind escaping for another night, that we can just Never mind glean. <laughs> we, there's so much more wisdom, I feel like, we can glean from you, too. And so thank you for being here because we have loved every minute. And we will be taking copious notes when we go back and listen, re-listen to this. I don't know what copious means, but yes, we'll be there. Okay, so (laughs) listeners, all right. Thank you for listening. If you can, take a minute to rate, subscribe, comment, (laughs) review. Be a friend to everyone. Bye. Bye.